Ladies and gentlemen, another week, another special guest, and this lady is extra special, returning back to the pod for seconds, this time in the form of a friend of the pod, a, 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 an expert correspondent, the host of Breaking Balls podcast, a beloved member of Yankees Twitter, and just an all-around awesome person, Emily Nyman. Thank you for coming back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. That was the best intro ever. I'm going to like re-listen to that a lot. That was great. Anytime yes, I need to feel pumped it, up, I'm going to listen to that. There you go. Please do. Just We, we actually appreciate guests in our presence up here rather than just like the the flippant like oh you're you're lucky we're giving you our time kind of shit that <laughs> happens uh, happens up north <laughs> yeah i bet yeah well um it's so awesome to have you back emily uh you are back by popular demand and i gotta say in our very small and modest audience and I, i'm i'm being 100 honest when i say that they're like you've got to get this person back on like oh that God. girl they call you the girl from new york and she's like you gotta get the girl <laughs> from new york back on she knows her stuff so I, I mean that's fucking awesome oh wait and can i curse no go for it <laughs> right. yeah i mean i love talking baseball i love talking with you guys and um it's crazy like i it's just crazy. I never knew that like this side of me existed like in this space, like creatively, you know what I mean? Like it was just such a surprising thing that happened over the last few years. That is just, that really makes me feel good to hear that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you just, you rub off well on people and you know, last time you're on, it happened to be on 420 and we just have to get something out there, guys. That was a real blown opportunity, guys. I mean, <laughs> we could have celebrated. We could have puffed the magic dragon. I mean, I don't know what floats your boats, but yeah, I, I'm <laughs> definitely down to do that. I and mean, hey, there's always next year, guys. Yes, next year on 420. I'm, I, uh, I I will pass on that opportunity, but uh, y'all knock it out if you. Uh, yes, so, so it's smoke enough for the the three of us. Don't worry. <laughs> there you go instead of porn score it's bunt and blunt <laughs> i like that <laughs> yeah oh, that's you you had that way your arsenal didn't you barrett yes i've been waiting to do that ever since we're gonna come back on again i'm totally joking uh when i was a wee little lad in college i was offered weed once i rejected it because i do not like to have fun <laughs> <laughs> so there you go say, i literally just smoked a bomb before i came onto this podcast so i'm definitely hey. down any day is 420 when you really think about it like yeah there you go to each his or her own it is weed legal in the state of new york yes it is finally as of when oh um this year i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure like there's no dispensaries as of yet like there are some uh, medicinal ones but there's no just like generic dispensaries i think they're still trying to figure out how to make that happen but it's been decriminalized for a long time and uh now okay. it's just officially legal but i you know those weird loopholes where it's like all right it's legal but technically there's no like legal place to buy it from so i don't really know how it works but i don't, I don't have to worry about it i'm not getting fucking pulled over or anything <laughs> I'm, I'm too old to be like smoking anywhere besides my house really so i'm not anything i have to worry about we have a guest asking, where's Apollo? She's literally right here on the floor next to me. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> she so might jump up. 
Yes, hopefully, <laughs> and that, and that, and there will be most re- uh, there will be much rejoicing. So, <laughs> yes, uh, weed is legal down here for white people in the state of Texas. Yeah. Yes, uh, if you can get, I mean, I don't know where this white person got it when they offered it to me. I'm sure we could go by <laughs> Highland Park where Clayton Kershaw and Matt Stafford grew up and be like, we you just walk in there and be like, yo, where's the weed? And they're like, it's okay, the cops don't come here. There you go. I mean, <laughs> yes. They're like, we're rich and white. We do coke anyway. We don't smoke. Okay, please. You're in the wrong socioeconomic class. <laughs> exactly. But we will have to do it again for next time, a little less than a year away. But for now, we are in the here and now. Um, you're obviously good to go. We're good to go. We've done our pre-gaming, whatever it is. And let's just dive right into it. Let's talk about what recently happened. Trade deadline. It was awesome. It was memorable. I mean, I mean, just starting off, Emily, do you think the Padres, this is kind of a dumb question, do you, but do you think the Padres are the ultimate winners of the trade deadline? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel so confident in saying that, that I would even say that they may even still be the winner come next year's trade deadline. Like, this is just like one of the <laughs> most epic trades of all time. And yeah. I mean, I just can't help but laugh. In 2019, when they signed Manny Machado and everyone was like, oh, Manny's going to go disappear. Oh, he's following the money, never to be heard from again. And it's like, now, here we are. Uh, He's now hitting between, like, two of the hottest hitters in the league, one of the best hitters of a generation. And, I mean, they're still 11 and a half games back. But if I'm the Dodgers, that – them getting Soto, that's tough. It is because as if the season ended – at least yesterday when we were doing our trade deadline analysis, they're in the wild card, like boom. So in the playoffs, best of three, it's not a one do or die. And when the playoffs start, it's whoever's hot. And when you have Soto and bell and Josh Hader, I mean, come on. (laughs) And Tatis jr. And just Machado, like they're just, he's going to be back soon. Like that team is just, I'm happy for Padres fans. It's really good for baseball. Um, and the ones that I've interacted with are just cool as hell. So I just, and they're in the National League on the West Coast. So I couldn't care less as a Yankees fan. So I was like, yeah, you guys go have fun. <laughs> yes, go have fun. You're going to have to deal with it in 2024. But until then, yeah, exactly. have Whatever. fun. Yeah. They've mortgaged the future. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, but they're paying, True. they're paying Tatis 300 mil. I mean, Soto turned down 440 mil. Purely because the AAV, in my opinion, 440, that's the largest contract in MLB history, but the AAV was low. There's like 20 people above him. So they're going to have to cross that bridge when they get there. But until then, until 2024, I mean, you got the the modern day Ted Williams on base machine. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's nothing but good things for them. I think that they won by a quite a large margin and some other teams did pretty well but they they just blew it out of the water i mean i still can't believe that the brewers traded hater that's still like <laughs> bizarre to me but what do you do central teams <laughs> what the fuck are they doing right yeah i mean i know he's had a rough couple of starts hater but i mean when he's on he's on he's the best closer in baseball when he's on like... and like they're in a division race they're in first place they i think are only three games up on the cardinals so like it was just an odd move, especially considering they've been to the postseason a few times in the last few years, and they've only won one series in that time. So, like, you'd think that they'd still consider this a window of sorts, but 
I guess they've just resigned to the fact that the National League Central is horrible. So like, they're just like, we're the best team of the worst division. So what does that really get us, right? The Cardinals have all the, they're having all the fun. <laughs> they're on the nostalgia trip with the yeah. Pujols and Molina. They're doing, you know, the, you know, the Adam screen. Wainwright. Exactly. I mean, it's nostalgia city over there. Um, they're doing position players pitching as like a, you know, victory lap. <laughs> 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 they're having fun. And the brew crew, they need to pound a couple more beers and live up to their name. Because <laughs> what are you doing? You know, a trade is like not really that great when minutes after it was announced publicly on all of their socials, they had like a statement from like the president or the GM ready to go to like explain the trade. Like, this is why we did it. We care. Like if that's, you have that prepared at the same time you're releasing this news, maybe it's not the best trade to make like if you already have to have a hundred word or whatever sent uh statement like i don't know it's just it was uh, weird it's really weird it is um i i it, we're gonna see what happens travis picked the um, the cardinals to win that division and that just becomes true and true every day the brewers still are in the lead at this point but i just i mean i don't know uh it's the, the cardinals looked like they were going to try to get soto but uh but we'll see and then of course the nats the ultimate loser is their fans and i think david points out it's just bye bye turner bye bye harper bye bye everybody you win the world series in 2019 and now you've you've gone from irrelevant to like complete and utter irrelevance <laughs> yeah yeah. But you have a, f- a future now. Give it 10 years. Maybe. <laughs> and like, you know, it's, I'm not a GM. So like, I, I'm not going to pretend <laughs> to know how hard or easy it is to like build championship teams. I mean, think about how many teams have like been in the league for over, a, you know, half a century and have like less than 10 postseason appearances and no world series title or one world series title. Like that's so normal around the league. So it sucks for their fans. But on the other hand, like what happened with the Yankees in the early late nineties, like that's never going to happen again. That was like lightning in a bottle. I mean, the closest we've come, I guess is the giants every other year. And now the Astros who've been in it, but have only won it one time. So like that happens so rarely. So like, they won in 2019. Yes. What else is there? They won with some <laughs> old aging stars. Rendon was a free agent. Like, I guess once, like, Scherzer left, uh, Strasburg went back to being hurt. Corbin sucks. And then <laughs> Rendon got signed elsewhere. It's like, were they really going to make another run? Especially with, like, the Braves and the Mets coming up in their window. So I feel like, what else were they going to do? You know what I mean? Maybe it's True. easy for me to say because I'm not a Nats fan. But that's how I feel yeah. about it. They caught lightning in a bottle. They were a wild card team. They beat the Dodgers and they upset them pretty good. And they just, I mean, Scherzer Strasburg became like, you know, the Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling of the silly of the series. Wait, where too soon. How dare you mention 2001? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> too saying, soon. I'm, I'm just kidding. Y'all won in 20, 2009. So. I know. <laughs> you have 27 rings. Really. <laughs> I, I am watching the Derek Jeter documentary and uh, I'm two episodes in and man, it's just, if you're in that late nineties period, back to back to back, it's like, you think the Yankees, that's, you think that's the golden years. You think you're never going to lose, but here you are. <laughs> I, and now, cause it's like, 
I remember, I, I mean, I basically became a fan because of that time period. Yes. Like I'm, I'm not from a family where like, oh, my dad's a huge baseball fan. Like my dad likes sports, but he's not into like any pro team in baseball like that. So like I picked up the fandom on my own because they were really good. But mm -hmm. like, I don't really count those as like, I was alive and I remember the 98 team and 99, 2000, but like I was a kid. So like, it's not the same. Like the 2009 World Series, I was 22. 23 so mm. that's like the one that like i have a lot of memory of the entire season and, and just everything yeah. about like being a fan whereas the other ones like they kind of count but like not really not not as far as i'm concerned and like my fan experience is concerned if that mm -hmm. makes sense yes uh have you been watching the jeter documentary i watched the first episode and i haven't watched any yet i, I have to catch up hey it, it's one of those documentaries that we all know who Jeter is. It's it's a formulaic documentary. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying they, they do it in a sense that it's chronological. They let the story kind of tell itself. I mean, there's there's really cool interviews. They interview Jeter throughout. And man, when they start interviewing A-Rod, it starts getting interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I didn't know that they actually met prior to either of them going up in the majors. If you haven't seen that yet, I mean, they'd met when they were both in high school. And I was just like, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, they were like good friends for a while. Like, you yeah. know, shared experiences. Like, we're like two of the best players at our age group in the country. Like, who else has can relate to this? Nobody. And then A-Rod still managed to fuck it up. He's like, one of the one people I relate to on the planet. I'm just going to badmouth him for no reason and then just torpedo that <sighs> friendship. Man, no. Oh, only A Rod can do that. Only A Rod, really? Only A Rod. Like, what the? <laughs> I don't um, want to say poor guy. He made half a billion dollars just in his playing career, but still, like, God, this is some really cringe-worthy shit from his playing days. My God. Oh uh, yes, but if just if you go back to his baseball reference and you just look at it in awe, the guy was an epic talent. <laughs> And definitely deserves the credit there. So, um, but yeah. let's get and Jeter too. Jeter was, Jeter oh, yeah. Was awesome. I don't want to make it seem like I, I don't like Jeter. Obviously, I love Jeter, watched oh, him play yeah. for most of his career. His work ethic was incredible. You just you see that in the first episode alone. I mean, he gets drafted number one out of high school, goes straight to the minors, and he battled a whole lot of adversity. And I think I, this is going to tie well into Gallo because. Uh, Jeter is com was compatible with the New York market. You heard him straight from the horse's mouth. He's like, the more people, the more eyeballs that are on me, the better. And that is fits like a glove in New York. The biggest stage, the harshest criticism for the fans and the media. But he's like, bring it on. He it's a positive reinforcement. You juxtapose that switching now back to the trade deadline and one of the things that happened for the yankees was bye-bye joey gallo talk to us about your reaction to that you know it it had to happen it i, I like gallo i was happy when they got him last year i was excited for what could have been and unfortunately ended up not happening <laughs> um it wasn't gonna go anywhere like it he was ready to leave. The fans were ready for him to leave. The team was ready. I mean, I'm sure they're all really close friends, colleagues, but I just mean as far as like the direction the team is heading, there's just not a spot for him. And uh, I, I feel terrible for him. I mean, none of these guys want to play like shit. You know what I mean? Like he's no, not no. going out there just like, oh, whatever. I, I don't care. It's like 
I can't imagine. I can't imagine like the sort of what's been going on in that guy's head for the last year and how tough this has been for him. And uh, I look forward to seeing him. I hope he plays well in the Dodgers. I feel bad that he's going to like another big media market. Like that kind of sucks. He doesn't even get like a, any time off in like a smaller market, maybe for the rest of the year. But, I think the, I think the LA market is inherently different though than the New York market. I mean, it's, a, it's obviously it's a large market, but it's like LA, California. I mean, it's cool. It's the sunshine. It is. Yeah. A big city, but it's like, Hey, you've got the Hollywood lifestyle next door. Uh, and I was telling boom, this when we were recording last night that, don't get me wrong. I think Los Angeles is a fantastic baseball uh, destination, but I wouldn't consider LA a baseball city. LA is a, is a basketball city first and foremost. It yes. revolves around the Los Angeles Lakers there. Um, everything else is just kind of nice. And it's the the baseball fandom out in LA. I think Southern California in general is a lot more niche. It's just a lot more specified. Like these are the really big baseball bandwagon dodger fans (laughs) yeah i mean well there's like the hardcore but i don't even know if there's so much like bandwagon fans there's not like like uh there's not like the type of people that are going to even like the bandwagon fans it's not gonna be the type they're gonna like uh, approach you in public and like uh like start grilling you and like throwing stats at you and like (laughs) trying to like show you up on like your own career and stuff like that uh (laughs) Uh, yeah, New Yorkers, um, for better or for worse, we are a tough bunch. And uh, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not one to go to the stadium and like boo or give players a hard time. It's not how I fan, but um, being just kind of, just being kind of difficult and assholean is like the New York way. <laughs> so like, yeah, the, the vibe is definitely different from california and from the dodgers and the dodgers have been really good for a long time but we're still in a window of yankee fans where like that late 90s early 2000s run has just put expectations in a place that are almost unattainable and i'm not saying that gallo uh was held to unreasonable expectations that wasn't what that was but Mm. i think that how he was treated and how it was unrelenting regardless of what he did or didn't do is a symptom of that success because New York fans just won't accept anything less than what a player's ceiling or a team's ceiling is. And if they, you don't reach it, they are going to, you're going to hear it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in an interview he gave with uh, uh, manjay.com earlier this year, he said, quote, I don't go out in the streets. The interviewer said, that's sad. And Gallo said, quote, yeah, I really don't want to show my face too much around here. So, I mean, there you go. And now he's he can grow the beard back. I think Gallo is way too young. He's still 28. He's way too talented to just continue to have an OPS 707, 621, whereas earlier he was having OPSs in the upper 800s. 2019, he had a 986 OPS. I mean, he's he's he can draw walks. He can mash it up. And it, it needed to happen because then out with Gallo, enter Andrew Benatendi among many others. I mean, come on. You guys got Benatendi, Frankie Montas, Harrison Bader, Scott Efros, and Lou Trevino, who can then pitch to Trevino 
It'll be the Trevino Trevino special. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's why Cashman did it. He's like, we have. I have the chance here. We have to do it. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm psyched to. about the deadline. They added the the arm. I would have loved Castillo, obviously, and I'm not just oh, saying yeah. that because he's now beaten the Yankees twice in a matter of <laughs> like two and a half weeks in two different uniforms. But <laughs> yeah, that was not fun. But. Yeah. I, I can, you know, the, the Mariners went all in and uh, I can understand Cashman having a, a line that he wasn't willing to cross. There were some players that he's not willing to get rid of because they're part of another plan that is hopefully replacing Isaiah kind of Falefa, but that's a, another story. <laughs> oh, like, I can't. Uh, trading Mon- the biggest one was trading Montgomery um, for Bader, uh, who's injured. You know... I don't know what to think of it. I I can understand, Mm. I guess, you know, they, I don't think they see him as part of the postseason roster. And uh, I know it seems early, like, oh, there's a lot of games left to play, but that's why they make the deadline now, right? Or else it would be too easy if they just waited until like the end of the regular season and then let teams make these moves. So they have to try to bounce it out. Like, oh, we have a 12 game lead in the division. So we can kind of cut Montgomery and roll with that scumbag Herman and see what he can give the Yankees. But I don't know if it's prudent. Uh, you know, at this point, I have to trust the process. I have to trust Brian mm-hmm. Cashman. The team's been in first place for 105 days. They struggled as of late, but they still have maintained their lead over the Astros in the uh, yes. as far as wins in the American League. Mm-hmm. Their lead over their division. So <sighs> it was a good deadline. I-, I think that focusing too hard on being upset about our fifth starter being moved for someone who's not on the active roster as of now is like looking for something to be really mad at you know it's like what else can i possibly be mad at they're in fucking first place like yes exactly that it would be a little nitpicky if you were to give the yankees a grade for their day their trade deadline what would you give them uh i think i'm gonna give him i think i'm gonna give him a b plus because I don't know how to, how to handle the Monty thing. I don't know if that's really mm. the right move. Um, but everything else is great. They needed arms. He added three arms. Needed some help in the bullpen and in the rotation. And I mean, what else can I ask for? Some speed with Bader. Hopefully he comes back in September like they think he's going to. And I also love when uh, guys who grew up around here come back to the Yankees. And Bader, I think, is from the Bronx. So that's kind of uh-huh. cool. Oh, yeah. And then you got a high batting average guy in Andrew <laughs> Benatendi. So, oh, um, and him. And oh. him. <laughs> yeah, and him. That was an earlier uh, acquisition. That happened a couple, quite a few days ago. But, I mean, you got to be excited about that. I mean, the guy's batting well above 300. He's not, he only has three homers to his name. But, I mean, putting a hit in the right position, I mean, that's it. You look at your rotation, you're looking at Cole, Cortez, Montas, Talion. Herman German. I'm. Uh, how do you pronounce it? It's, it's uh, uh, Herman, and it's a uh, Tyone. Jameson Tyone, like a tie that you own. That's oh man, Tyone and Herman. Man, I butchered both of them. But <laughs> sorry, going... I didn't know how to pronounce Tyone either until he came to the Yankees and he said that on like an interview. So I get it. Yes, wax on, wax off, wax off, tie on, tie <laughs> off. So, but anyway, that's quite a one, three, one, two, three punch. And the stars, Emily, they are aligning for an Astros Yankees ALCS. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going to need that one, two, three punch. 
because assume let's just say I, I think it's worth it for the Yankees to try to get that number one seat because if they do two games in the Bronx, three in H Town, but then if necessary, you get those last two in the Bronx and that one, two, three punch is gonna reap the dividends and give it really give y'all the best chance because it's hasn't been too lucky against the boys from H Town. <laughs> No, I, yeah, I agree. I think uh, home field is uh, really important. I fear that the the fans, and that's me included, that we value home field advantage more than the Yankees do. I think that the Yankees are going to stick with their rest schedule, and they're not going to panic as long as they win their division. And uh, I just, I feel like that's coming, and because uh, I feel like I've seen it already. And listen, I'm fine with it. It's only beginning of August. It has worked so far, so don't. I, what is that saying? Like, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it sort of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't yeah. want them to panic for it. Um, but, yeah, Ben Intendi was important also because uh, they need people on base for Judge. They need, yes. like, the bottom of the lineup has been a black hole, and then DJ LeMahieu will get on base, and then Judge gets up with either no one on or just DJ LeMahieu on base. So it's, like, kind of need some guys at the bottom of the lineup to be able to actually get on and then be there when he hits one of his uh, 70 home runs this year. So. Yes, yes, he is on pace. He's on Barry Bonds' pace. 2001, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, is that Sorry, you? it's my sister. It's a dog. Playing with a dog toy. You have all the animals. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm fucking Dr. Doolittle over here. Dr. Doolittle. There you go. H- how many pets do you own? It's actually, I just have my cat, and then that dog is my sister's dog. Oh, Apollo, and the dog is a uh, is my niece, my furry niece. Your furry little niece. There you go. What kind of breed is your dog? It's a oh. Shih Tzu. There you go. Uh, She's pretty cute. That reminds me of the bull, the the Dumb and Dumber joke, where it's like you cross a a bulldog with a Shih Tzu, and you get a bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, when Harry meets what's her face for the first time, and she like falls in love with him from that, right? Oh wait, no, that's from the beginning. That's it, it like, is from the still, beginning of the movie, right? When he's still like doing the dog grooming business or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, I mean the New York Yankees—they've been the hottest team for a really long time. I mean, who knows? They could probably just win the division in the middle of September and then just coast the whole way through, barring catastrophe. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, the, the Blue Jays are still trying for I mean, at this point, I think they've pivoted to really focus on the wild card. Not that they would not want to win the division, but they're so far back. But they just picked up uh, – they got Whit Merrifield from the Royals. And um, they also picked up uh, – what's his face? From the Dodgers, Mitch White, pitcher. Because their pitching rotation, they have some studs, but then, like, Barrios has been horrible, which I don't wish that sort of stuff on any player. but me and a lot of Yankee fans really wanted him. So it's almost satisfying to see a division rival get him and then him not play well at all. Jose Barrios, the pitcher, he was like one of the best pitchers on the market a year or two ago. And now he stinks. Oh, oh, oh so, yeah. I mean, I, it's like a schadenfreude situation. <laughs> I feel bad for him kind of, but not really. Yeah. Jose Barrios is, he's a stud. And I just, I loved it when I thought it was a great move when the Blue Jays got uh, got him because, I mean, he kills the Astros at times. 
And uh, so um, the Blue Jays, I picked them to win the whole thing. It was a sexy pick, but I mean, they, they fired their manager. So you can tell that they weren't satisfied with it. Uh, at this point, they still are well in the wild card race. But but yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm excited for you guys. I think making October is it's going to bring out all the different types of Yankees fans. And <laughs> I'm already nervous. I like can't. I, I'm like was having trouble watching like certain at bats during the meaningless series versus the Astros last month. It's like I'm already like, oh my god, I can't take this. Like I, I don't know how I'm gonna handle it. Oh, those Hopefully are. It happens. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. Anything can happen. You know what I mean? But I know you can get is... knocked out in the first round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, those Yankees Astros games, they are like they are playoff atmospheres through and through. Uh, we were seeing a preview, Emily, and I just I mean, we're going to be talking smack. Not if, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, but when it happens <laughs> for sure. Um, Absolutely. Yep. Um, other thoughts on teams besides the Padres and the Yankees for the trade deadline? Any teams that's any surprises or any? teams that you thought did well yeah i mean i like mancini to the astros mancini's great um such a great story and just such a good guy and he's been an oriole his entire career and he i still and it's not even because the orioles were never really that good but like you can't hate him i never hated mancini like he's just not that kind of guy and this was before even he was diagnosed with cancer and overcame it like so I really am happy to see him go to a perennial winning team. Yes. He and hit a bomb earlier today. Well, he's loving the Crawford boxes because they just push the wall back at Camden where it's like this guy pulls the yeah. ball. They push the seats back in left field and he's like, fuck, like now what am I going to do? So now he's going to a little league park. Congratulations. Oh, you have the gall to call us the Lily Park. Well, I mean, I can take it because, yeah, it's short. And, yeah, if you're a rider, you can murder those boxes. But, I mean, look who's talking, right? I know, exactly. <laughs> right field. So, hey, uh, I mean, tell that to Chris Woodward. <laughs> oh, my God. What a fucking baby. Like, oh. he, he just walked right into that one. It's like, like Chris, <laughs> no, this, this is not going to get you anywhere. Don't do it. <laughs> I know. But, and then he tried to be like, oh, I'm just joking. It's like, no, you weren't. You were pissed you, off. That was you like just created the a, bowels of the stadium and you were mad. You just created <laughs> a sound bite. Like, like, yes. <laughs> like, I, like, did you, like, do you realize like where you are right now? Like the, the media is going to have a field day with what you just said for like years on ends now. It's <laughs> And it was only like April. It was like the first few weeks of the season. Like, you know, your team is going to be dog shit. Why are you taking this game so seriously that you're like this mad about losing? Like, come on. Uh, Grow up, Chris Woodward. Grow up, Chris Woodward. Uh, The Rangers, it it has been upsetting for them. Blow Blow half a billion dollars. Spread out over 10 years but it is still half a billion dollars and they're 21 games back. <laughs> yeah. <I mean. laughs> yeah. Oh man. You can yeah, only, I'm, uh, division. I'm starting. Yeah, I am. Uh, I mean, as a Rangers fan, I'm starting to, I like Chris. Oh, Warwick. He's a My great bad. guy, but it's like, <laughs> wait, what did you Born say? Oh, sorry. I forgot that you were a Rangers fan and yeah. I was just like shitting on them big time. Oh God. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's all good. I mean, that's You're like wearing the shirt. Anyway, it has, that was really it's funny. on the shirt. Look. I yeah. didn't even notice it. There it is. Sorry, my, I think my, my microphone was maybe covering it a bit. No, but I mean, I... Chris Gilbert's a great guy. I think he's been great through the 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 rebuild process that the Rangers are going. But I think you know as they're getting closer more and more to like really being a formidable team. I don't know if he's the long term answer uh, yeah. uh, for uh, for this organization. Um, so I mean, you yeah. see as many like close losses as they've had this year. It just seems like all the the like pieces of this this team especially as they're getting better now can be really good like at points it's like either we're really kind of getting into this almost like hey we're either like scoring a whole bunch of runs but giving up all a whole bunch of runs in the process or we have a game where it's like yeah it's like a two to three three to two uh two two to one three to two type of loss and like we leave like eight guys on base and like 11 guys in, in scoring position and it's just like maddening staff to lose in this game it's like we had so many opportunities to win this game and we didn't do it and it could like that truly it could be those type of games a ton of them like just like a quarter to half of them uh those losses that we've had like that this year could be the difference between being uh uh in the wild card race still at this point right now and really it is kind of truly slipping away we're like eight eight or eight, nine games behind something like that at this point now and it's so it's kind of we were no sitting hope, like man. right there pretty much all year and it looked like a reasonable thing but it's just i think it's more coming into view that uh maybe maybe it's a change better luck next year yeah especially the mariners like then it's like all of a sudden there come the mariners out of nowhere and it's like oh fuck now you guys gotta like go out and like sign some people now like the owner of the rangers is definitely like i hate the mariners owner so much because he was thinking that it was just gonna be like him and the astros and then all of a sudden the mariners come up and and that's what I feel like baseball. And now I don't know if you guys watch other sports. I, I don't watch any other pro sports besides baseball, but because of the nature of the game and how different it is in comparison to like football and basketball and hockey, where like you can control the ball or the puck and you can control the clock. So more often than not, the better teams on paper will win because yeah. that's how the game is played. And that's why they are able to play such like shorter schedules where in baseball, I feel like, that happens so often to teams that like it gives fans so much hope where it's like, even though your team probably won't end up at the top at the end of the season, but they have so many heartbreaking losses or they have so many runs where they'll be unreal for 10 games and they seem legit. Like where I feel like it doesn't really happen as much in other sports in the same heartbreaking manner that it happens all season long in baseball for like your mid to just slightly under 500 teams. Yeah. True, uh, but I mean, you look at football, the best uh, quarterbacks in football, their percentages of pass or completions, they're, they're stretching into like the 70 percentile. The best players in baseball are success, unsuccessful 70 percent of the time uh, in terms of getting a hit and unsuccessful 60 percent of the time in terms of getting on base. It is it is a sport that is not for perfectionists. I mean. Yeah. I mean, if that's the best, that's well below 50%. And no matter which way you slice it, those are the best. And so I think the, the just those averages, 30%, 20%, it just it plays out to where there's there's parity where even the worst teams can beat the best teams during the regular season and but get two out of three or even sweep a team. Last place team sweeps a first place team. And it, you're just like, yeah, that happened. It was a fluke. <laughs> it's still ha It's crazy. Like, I think it was Earl Weaver who said uh, that baseball is the best sport because um, you can't run down the clock. 
you nope. can't put the ball in the hands of your best player with the game on the line. Like yep. you have to every every man you have to give every man his shot. Like yes, you have to play every inning. Like even no matter what the score is, and and yet if it's your seven hitter up with the game on the line, then that's what you got to go with. And like it just brings such humility to the game, frustration Seriously. and humility. I know it's it's all nine innings, and yeah, you, you know, I, I love what you're saying there. It's like every team. You get your fair chance, and if you screw up, it's just, that's too bad. <laughs> it's on you. <laughs> it is on you. It is a beautiful game that way. You know, football, where they run out the clock. Basketball, the last two minutes take forever, and it's just, it can kind of be exciting, but it's like, timeout, timeout, foul, timeout, foul, timeout, foul, and it's <laughs> baseball. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you just got to go up. And at least now it's at least back in the day, they would just put pitchers in. It's like pitcher, under pitcher, under pitcher, under pitcher, under pitcher. But now they have the rebatter minimum, which kind of helps that because Tony La Russa back in the day, he would just treat the pitchers as disposables. It's like, all right, now you're out. Now you're out. Now you're out. <laughs> he broke records on top of Now he's fucking falling asleep <laughs> in the first inning. <laughs> Yes. Uh, some old managers rise well to the occasion. Of course, it helps when you have a good lineup. Look at Buck Showalter. He's got a stacked lineup, but he also seems to fit in. Dusty Baker, he has a stacked lineup, but he seems to fit in too. Tony La Russa, eh, it, it, it's yeah. time to go bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck is Jerry... What's his name? Reinsdorf, Reisdorf, the owner of the White Sox. Like he hired Larusa because he felt bad that he fired him uh, thirty-five <laughs> years ago. Like, what the hell kind of hire is that? And why would you admit that? <laughs> like the public. That's just how out of control these owners are. They just have carte blanche over everything that they would admit something like that to the public. Like, what the hell? Yes, I wronged this man 30 years ago. He is a good man. And, uh, you know, I believe in second chances. He will bring wisdom as if, because, yes, if people, if you're 85 years old or whatever, I'm overshooting his age, but I don't care. It, yes, and you have inherent wisdom because it, it, it just comes with it. You know, yeah, it's not apparently. age. Yeah, it's not age, it's just a number. It's, I mean, it's the wisdom. The World Series victories. Well, it is funny. Fans, people will like subjugate their like senior aged parents and relatives, but then like revere Tony Larusa. They're like, oh, please, like, dad, stop. Like, they'll treat their own family that's like 75 plus a certain way. But then, like, when it comes to positions of like power in sports, it's like, oh, no, he is to be respected and he definitely is not losing his marbles at all, even though I have no respect for people who are in their 70s in my own life. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's just man. a weird thing. It is a weird thing. Um, uh, speaking of which, um, I mean, do you still trust in Aaron Boone and what he's doing? Yeah, I, I think Boone's great. I mean, yeah. He's ever since he took over, the team has played really well. Um, mm -hmm. I think that, uh, like you said, it's just about how they vibe with the team. Like they're there to keep the players happy, and they're there to to speak for the players and speak for mm -hmm. the team, and to and to take on that role with the media. So I think Boone handles it really well. Um, 
I'm not someone who I, I was never one who like wanted like you know I want to see this guy face the media for his, his bad performance like that's not the kind of fan I am so I appreciate Boone never throwing players under the bus like I don't really think that that is a mm-hmm. that's a really a winning management style especially in this day and age and sports as we know them so I, I think that uh the guys really like playing for him and they play really well for him so I, I can't really ask for more than that yeah I, yeah i think it's definitely worth keeping him around because i mean y'all you guys have been competitive this season is definitely the best season you've had in a while just in terms of sure wins so far i mean you guys are definitely one of the best teams in baseball have been considered the best team for a while now um uh, just looking onto after this season, should the Yankees make a a legitimate serious offer to judge? Yeah, I think that. <laughs> yeah, I above two hundred. You know, yeah, I mean, like, I, I will say this: I think that their extension offer to judge preseason wasn't bad. I don't think it was an insult to judge. Um, and I don't think Judge even saw it that way. I think that like them making a pretty good offer and Judge betting on himself are both things that are like are not mutually exclusive. With that being mm-hmm. said, they're certainly gonna have to pay up now, and they better because not. I didn't think that they were gonna get Soto. I I had no inkling or or even holding on to the tiniest bit of hope that they would. But now that they didn't, mm-hmm. I don't see how they can not sign judge like if they had made that move i wouldn't have liked right i wouldn't Mm -hmm. have liked letting judge walk but i mean then we would have juan soto and that would make sense now like what they got andrew penintendi like what the (laughs) fuck i don't think that necessarily replaces judge (laughs) yeah seriously yeah i mean and you gotta wonder what it's gonna take you look at other players bryce harper outer outfielders I mean, it's going to take somewhere in the 350, three, just conservatively between three and 300 and 400 million. I mean, in order to be competitive, probably you're, you're looking Bryce Harper territory in terms of the amount of money in the AAV. But yeah, I'd say so. I, I'd say somewhere, what is that, like around 35 million a year? I mm-hmm. think that, uh, the fight's not even going to be in the dollar amount. It's just going to be in the length that he's going to want the job security. And the Yankees, I think are going to be more reluctant to give that to him because he's are, uh, because he's 30 now. So he'll be 31 next season. And um, mm-hmm. I think that that they're going to try to use that against him, but contracts also pay for years past where it's like, Hey, you were paying me league minimum for a while. And I want a rookie of the year. And I did all this stuff and built my, myself up to who i am now so like teams do pay for that too so i think it'll just be who gives them the length there you go and you know what what? it was with garrett cole yes and they can also defer money it's like eh, you can pay me some other time down the line and the, the way that that manifest itself is the since and for the cincinnati reds this year Ken Griffey Jr. is the sixth highest player on the Cincinnati Reds right now. <laughs> I am not joking. The way his contract in 2010 was was scheduled or laid out, he is still receiving money from the Reds to this day. <laughs> Who's the name of that guy from for, that played for the Mets that like hasn't played? Oh, yeah. like, 
<laughs> yeah, it's been playing like over 20 years and it's still getting paid. Like, God. yeah, he gets $1.2 million every July 1st. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a fleecing. That is. Uh, <laughs> and that's like fantastic. the norm now. Like the Mets get a lot of shit for that, and I will continue to give them shit for that through 2035, which is the last year of that deferred payment. Um, but like now, that's like pretty normal. Like you were saying that, uh, I think Scherzer has deferred money. I'm Degrom has deferred money. Like A Rod has deferred money. Like a lot of guys have pushed the contract, and it makes sense for them, right? Because it's like they're already making a shitload of money. Why not give themselves a little bit more financial security than like 10 years, 15 years from now, where it's like, hey, you're going to get some fresh paychecks as opposed to like retiring. And then it's like, all right, I hope I manage my money correctly and not like a fucking idiot. (laughs) True. And it can also give teams a little bit of um, a breathing room down the line. Um, When I look at the Yankees, they're going to it's just they keep flirting with the luxury tax threshold. And in your opinion, Emily, do you want them to try to stay underneath it as much as possible? Or do you want a large market team like the Yankees to follow suit with the Dodgers and just say, screw it and blow past it? Yeah, I fuck Hal Steinbrenner's (laughs) bottom line. Like, he's a billionaire. They've made so much money from this team. Like, it's literally the second most valuable sports franchise in North America. Like, I think in the world, actually. And, yeah. and it's just, or actually, you know, maybe the soccer teams are, but you guys get my point. Yeah. I, there's no reason, the Yankees absolutely can spend Yes. as much as they want. Yeah. I mean, this, this money makes, this league makes money hand over fist. And <laughs> even when it was quote unquote dying, they were still making money every year. Like people who like, listen, it's not fans fault, right? Like that's the sport is, is like, disseminated to us in this way where it's like we're it's it's thought to be a good thing to like not sign free agents and that's like buying a championship and that's like kind of viewed as bad among fans and that's all by design right like not to be too tinfoil hat-ish about it but that's all like (laughs) ownership talking points because it excuses them not spending money even though they're fucking billionaires but i think that the yankees should just spend and that's that is their biggest advantage in the entire league is the fact that they can spend and they have, and they do. It's not like I mean, the Yankees haven't had a losing season since I was six years old. So they still are able to maintain a level of competition, even when they're rebuilding. So yeah. I'm not trying to sound like an ungrateful fan, as I know there are a lot of fans in the league that are from really shitty organizations, and they wish that they would have any semblance of success. But the Yankees, especially with Steve Cohen across town, like spending, also going over the luxury tax, like now – there's no, like now it, it, it makes the Yankees look bad to get outspent <laughs> by the Mets makes them look bad. Like it's not LOL Mets anymore. So now it's like LOL Yankees. If you let judge walk, you made a judge judges chambers and shit in the outfield. Like, what are they going to fucking dismantle that? Like what are they going to do that? Like an off day if they don't sign judge, like what happens to that? Like why do all that? If you're not going to sign this guy, you know what I, mean? I don't know. I know that's not that's not the thing holding on to it, but it just is just a weird thing to have if you were planning on letting someone walk. I don't know. Seriously, yeah, it's I I don't know why they don't just fall suit with the Dodgers. The Dodgers they they spend money and they got a World Series. Granted, it was a Mickey Mouse World Series, but still, it's still a title nonetheless. <laughs> and I mean, the Dodgers have been the best team on paper at the beginning of the season. Every time we do a preseason predictions, it's like, well. 
am I going to pick the Dodgers or am I not going to pick the Dodgers? Because they're the best team on paper. And it, it, the, the Yankees can be that. I mean, seriously, they do not need to settle. And I'm going to bring up Isaiah Kiner-Falefa because when that move happened last year, it bewildered me. And, and maybe it's the Jeter documentary talking, but the Yankees need <laughs> a superstar shortstop. It's the sexiest position. New York's the biggest market. They need a powerhouse shortstop because if they don't have it. Then they can't there. It, it's not the New York way. They need a Tim Anderson. <laughs> See, I mean, legit. I, this isn't, it's not fucking 1978 where like the shortstop is a guy that does can't hit for shit, but like just feels like, yeah. Cal Ripken Jr. and Alex Rodriguez revolutionized the position. So like yes. the fact that now, and, and I, I love analytics and I love all the information, the wealth of information, how much deeper we can make our understanding of a complex game. But on one hand, it's also shown the, the luck and the randomness that's involved. Like it, it's, it's really shown a light on it. So that has its good and it's bad because it's also shown teams that like, Hey, maybe we don't have to spend $400 million because as long as we get to the postseason, our chance is really just as good as any. How much does one player move the needle when you can't put the ball or the bat into his hands when the game is on the line? You know what I mean? And that kind of sucks because you want your team to be like the Dodgers and just, I'd rather have every fucking major star and lose and be like, well, what else are we going to do? They choked. As opposed to being like, well, we had Isaiah Kainofalefa up in the fucking ninth inning of the World Series. You know what I mean? Like, I'm ready to blame him. I'm so ready to blame him. Oh, IKF. Oh, man. He's showing sports of life when he was with the Rangers. And they I were both. Another guy is just not a fit for the New York market. Just Seriously. Uh, he was it's polarizing, man. And he's okay. Like, I, I, he gets a lot of, I give him a lot of shit. And, and like, listen, he's not, it's not like he was expected to be Carlos Correa, you know? Like, True. he wasn't expected to be uh, Corey Seager. So, like, I feel bad that he gets so much shit, but the Yankees didn't really put him in, in a good position by putting him as a shortstop on this team because, like, there's so, the juxtaposition between him and some other guys in the lineup is just too much to take. And it's, his 271 batting average with 310 on base percentage just don't move me. So like <laughs> he's not even playing defense that great. Like he's he's a he's not the worst shortstop in the league. He's only the second worst of qualified <laughs> shortstops. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at least you don't have the worst. Yeah, he's there not you... uh Geraldo per, uh, Perdomo from the uh, D-backs. Apparently he's the worst apparently don't even know who he is and that's kind of exactly so, <laughs> yeah um but i mean but yeah they should spend at, money they, absolutely they should spend money they need to do it i don't know why but it's to their detriment until they do because until then it, it's you're always going to be look forward looking forward to the next world series and it hasn't happened since 2009 and first you got to make it and i think may at least making it that's going to be good and Man, it's just the expectations, they're high. I keep going back to the Jeter documentary because every year he was just like, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to win. It rubs off on everybody, including the players. <laughs> and that's what Jeter was talking about. It's just like, no, we're, this is we're, we expect to win every single year. And it's, man, but th that can, you, it could definitely be used to an extreme for sure. But yeah, I mean, you guys still have a stack lineup. Uh, Anthony Rizzo. I think he's doing great in yeah. stripes. I mean, murdering that short por porch. 
for real. Yeah, he's he was like built for Yankee Stadium, Pretty and uh, he, Judge, and Stanton are going to hit like fucking six hundred home runs combined this year. It seems like like I just uh, yeah. I feel confident with him up at the plate, even when he's slumping, because he sees a lot of pitches and he crowds the plate. And I think that he's just uh, an intimidating hitter to have up there, even when he's in a slump. And I was not happy. I wanted Freeman. So when they signed Rizzo, and this was before Freeman signed with the Dodgers, Mm -hmm. I was like thinking like, oh, Yankees fucking cheaping out again. But I'm certainly eating my words. Not that I wouldn't have loved Freeman. I mean, Freeman is way out playing Rizzo. But oh, yeah. Rizzo's been great. Judge has just been playing. He's just been unconscious lately. So, like, whatever we would have gotten with Freeman, Judge is that plus some. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Another under-talked talking point that not a lot of people seem to mention is the fact that Carlos Correa was not traded. And if we remember the details of his deal, he had this. he could have been traded this year. But he wasn't. And you know what that means? The next two years in this contract, he has a no trade clause. So that but the twins did not trade him. And I mean, why would they? They are first place. And granted, it's a weak division, but I mean, yeah, and he's not doing Julio Rodriguez well. I mean, the Yank the the, the rookie shortstops, Pena is outshining him in a lot of respects, but they're staying competitive. So um, it's going to be interesting to see where he ended up. It would have been, it would have been hilarious if he did get traded. <laughs> he's just like, I want the AAV. All right. Now. Oh, bye-bye. <laughs> now what? And he, I think he has an opt out after this year too. If he wanted yes, to, he has opt outs after every single, well, he has the opt-op after year one, year two, and then obviously when year three expires, then he's a free agent. So, and I, I wanted you guys, if, if I were a Yankees fan, I would have wanted Correa. I mean, I was just I like, did. why in the world can you not do it? <laughs> I did. I wanted Correa so badly. I mean, I yeah. would have been happy with Seager. I would have been, I, I would not have been that happy with Story. And I'm not only saying that because he's been underperforming. Like, I didn't really want him when it's when Seager signed with the Rangers. And then Correa went there. Like, I was like, oh, I don't really want Story. But I guess I would have taken him over Isaiah Connor Falefa. Um, but yeah. I'm still kind of holding on hope for Correa, which is foolish because the Yankees have made it clear. You know, they have some studs in AAA. But, I mean, expecting guys to be superstars out of – Triple A is just, I think, a uh, a foolish a foolish thing for fans. I mean, the Yankees have good player development, and they've only developed two superstars since two thousand one: Robinson Cano and Aaron Judge. Um, so, like, when guys are studs in Triple A, it could just mean that they're going to be a great player for ten years. You know, and yeah. not to downplay someone like DJ LeMahieu, but like he could be DJ LeMahieu, and that'd be great. But if you're expecting Alex Rodriguez at shortstop, like you're going to be disappointed with that. So I don't, I don't know. I still wish they got Correa because I can't take the waiting and the unknown of the prospects. I just can't fucking deal with it. No. Yeah, definitely. But well, speaking of waiting at the unknown, as we wrap this up, the Yankees roster, it is what it is. You made this, you made the moves of the trade line as they made it. How confident now, Emily, are you that the Yankees will make the World Series this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm pretty 
I'm confident. I'm confident that the Yankees, the World Series is tough. I'm confident that the Yankees will make the ALCS, and I'm confident that they will play the Astros. There you go. I think that I don't care about dropping a series to the Mariners or whatever, losing a series to the Reds. Like The Astros, I think, are the – the Yankees and the Astros are here, and then other teams are here. And I think that either one of them is capable of winning four games out of seven. So – I'm still feeling good about the World Series. I think that this is a year. I think that this is the Yankees' chance. This is their best chance right now. And I think that uh, I'm more confident this year facing the Astros and the ALCS than I have been in past years. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. I feel more confident uh, in the team. Judge is playing outside of his mind. <laughs> I don't know what PEDs he's taking. Oh, whoops. Is that controversial? <laughs> but no. Hopefully they're not detected for years to come. Yes, they're more sophisticated PEDs. No, I'm I, I'm joking, guys. That's unsubstantiated. Uh, but, yeah. It's... I like it. Cope now. I like that you're already laying the, the groundwork to cope for the loss. <laughs> Please. Oh, Continue. okay. I, okay, I see it. Hey, yeah, it, some it, of the Yankees Twitter is going to get that as a, that's listening here is going to get that as a soundbite. And uh... yeah, me right here, this person, <laughs> I'm going to get it. Hey, I'm the screen recording this. There you go. I mean, it's just we might we're just going to bring the trash cans, dude. So, but <laughs> bring out the trash cans. Bring out the PEDs. It'll. Who will win? Will it be the PEDs or the trash cans? <laughs> The final showdown. <laughs> the final, yeah, right. Yes, the final showdown of you know <laughs> speculations. Uh, but I know I'm gonna eat it up. I am rooting for a Yankees Astros. I, I I sure hope the Astros are in the number one seed. I want them to gun for it. They're two games back as of this recording. Um, I think that'll make huge benefits because. It's just the Astros have a good history of playing the Yankees in H-Town and not a good history of playing the Yankees in the Bronx. It's mixed. We go back to 2017. It was two wins for the Astros. They lost all three in the Bronx, back to back to back. And But then they won the two on the back end. So now I know that's a long time ago, but... Still, I mean, it matters. I feel like home field matters way more in baseball just because of the sheer the way the parks are built that it's like your team is built to perform well at your stadium and you have you know it left the heavy lineup for yankee stadium and all this so it's like your home crowd and it's just yes i think it's it's more important than people give a credit for sometimes yes and you get the final shot at the very end exactly the bottom of the ninth you know a chance for a walk off but but we will see emily this was awesome thank you for joining us talking trade deadline and yankees our our resident yankees experts and this was so much fun uh thank you so much guys thanks for having me this is great um Mm -hmm. let's do it again at the end of the season or at the end of the regular season before going into the postseason yes see where things are we will 100% do it as we look forward to the playoffs. Um, uh, uh, last chance, uh, uh, is Apollo still around? No, I don't know where she is. Where's Apollo? She's not here. She's just hey. she's a fucking cat. You know how cats are. I'll make sure she's here next time. Next time, come October, we will preview it then. Emily, go ahead and tell our lovely audience, uh, plug whatever you want to plug for yourself. Tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at mshedoesit. Um, you can also find my 
podcast, Breaking Balls. It's at Break Balls Pod. And um, we release an episode basically like every Thursday, Friday-ish. So just be on the lookout for that. If you, if you enjoyed this, then you'll enjoy that podcast for sure. You will 100% enjoy that podcast. They talk about a lot more than baseball. They talk about anything that is awesome under the sun. Uh, Harry, uh, Harry Potter and uh, Legos and just uh, just everything. There is something for everybody in the Breaking Balls pod as a fan myself. so oh, That's awesome. Thank you. Yes, yes. I like to think so too. Exactly. All right. Let, 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 let's wrap this show up, Travis. I'm going to turn it over to you. Absolutely. Thank you, Boom. This has been another great episode of No Doubter Podcast. We appreciate you all for listening. Uh, y'all should be doing this already, but if you're not subscribed, go on ahead and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get them, we're there. Uh, make sure that you're also uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel. It helps bring uh, bring this program now uh, in the visual format, which we've done for several months. It's been a great addition here for the show. Uh, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. Let us know how you're enjoying our programming. Um, Make sure that you're following us on Facebook. Make sure you're looped in with us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, make sure that y'all are uh, checking out our merch store at Tee Public. They've done a great job of putting together different shirts, uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, phone cases. Really, just the list goes on and on of what they offer. Get yourself some swag. Uh, consider joining our Patreon community. Uh, we'd love to grow a community there of people who love the sport of baseball uh, and want to help uh, make this show possible. We have a couple of guys that have already done that and have been doing it for a while. Their longest in patron, Mr. Tad Bostick, and then our Patreon producer, Mr. Don Hale. Cannot thank the two of you fellas enough for being along the ride with us. Uh, and then you'll see all those important links in the description below. Boom, send us out of here the way we always do. Yes, as we go into the week, uh, uh, be like Emily, have your blind optimism, go through the week uh, and go about every day uh, expecting the best and, uh, and trying to achieve that best. Bat 400 and always swing for the fences. Until next time, we will see y'all then. Y'all have yourselves a great weekend. This episode of No Data was produced by Eric Bostick and Travis Lockley and edited by Travis Bostick. Our logo was designed by Lindsay Silver. 